This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Friday afternoon. Let's get after it, folks. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I am Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus. And we are ready to get you set up for the weekend in a big series between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames starting tonight in the Saddle Dome. Right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, big thanks to our sponsors, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Winnipeg, Cool Bet Canada, and uh, can't wait to get going on the links with our friends at Breezy Ben. Michael Remus, what is going on, my friend? Are you ready for the weekend or what? I'm so ready for the weekend. Uh, I'm here. I'm ready. I've already done my Facebook Marketplace transactions. I've uh, received my Amazon packages. No interruptions happening during this show. Uh, it's, I'm a big fantasy baseball. We'll see. We'll yeah, see about that. We'll see. Um, Hopefully we have it's, no, it's good to set goals. Yeah. No technical issues today going for a perfect show, but, um, it's a big, uh, weekend fantasy baseball, uh, weekend for me. I got my one draft on Saturday <laughs> and also of course, big weekend for Jets hockey games uh, tonight and tomorrow versus Calgary. Actually, has a team been quite productive today? Um, we have, um, done a bunch of things that we needed to do on the back end, met with, uh, lawyers, um, videos out at sponsors today. And then of course, getting ready for this show with tons to talk about Jets flames, the return of Westy, Troy Westwood's going to join us in about 10 minutes. And I, it could not have worked out any better Reem. You know, you know, Andy Mack and I go way back. He moved to Sportsnet, so we haven't been able to do stuff on the shows for the last year or so. Andy is one of the biggest NFL nerds I know. Uh, and he's coming on, and like two hours before he drops us, we get two massive trades in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Um, things, it, it, The timing is perfect. There's, someone's smiling on us. Yeah, what... Uh... Yeah, we did have some news yesterday during the show, too, with the quarantine. So, yeah, it seems like news comes around now. But big trade for in, in the NFL draft, the Dolphins moving down, the 49ers moving up, and then the Dolphins moving. So they moved from 3 to 12 in the first round while getting two more first-round picks. And then they traded one of those first-round picks with this year's first-round pick to move up from 12 to 6. So the Dolphins are, like, playing Madden out here, <laughs> making deals, and, you know, only moving down three spots but still picking up an additional pick. Uh, well done uh, for them. Well, and the third overall pick, I mean, Miami was already coming in with, I think they were picking at three and 18, if I'm not mistaken. And that third overall pick is the pick that belongs or used to belong to the Houston Texans. We know what happened to the Texans season and their incredible predicament right now at franchises in serious trouble at so many levels. Um, but that pick was originally in the infamous Laramie Tunsil trade. The gas mask guy from his draft. Now, do do you have that? Do you have that breakdown of what the Texans or what the Dolphins ended up getting in return? Now that these deals are done from the original Tunsil deal. Yeah, someone sent this to me. The Dolphins have gotten uh, let's see, Noah Igbiongni, Solomon Kinley, the number twelve, the number thirty six, and the number one hundred two picks in twenty twenty one, and first round picks in twenty two and twenty three. So the Dolphins have got a massive haul. From this Laramie Tunsil trade. And that's just one bad trade the Texans made. That's not including the Hopkins trade, which was also terrible. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Texans, at the, especially a quarterback. Will Deshaun Watson play for them again? 
Uh, I guess lots to look out for as we approach the NFL draft. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we'll talk a bunch of NFL and more with Andy McNamara coming up at uh, about quarter to two if you're watching live on YouTube right now. And uh, Troy Westwood, we got lots of things to talk about with Westy coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Now, uh, shout out to everyone, man. Everyone's here, fired up, ready to go early on the YouTube channel. Uh, hello to everybody there. Yeah, I think Don Zappia said I need new intro uh, in intro music. Um, but as Mark Sports Video correctly pointed out, Reem, um, when you're when you're broadcasting on YouTube, especially hashtag a bit of a humble brag as YouTube partners now, um, you have to watch what you uh, what you play. You can't play copyrighted music, and that would be um, that we'd take a big L if we did that. If we wanted to get a little bit more fun, but uh, the music's been working. At the end of the day, it's not about the intro music; it's about the show. Yeah, we do have a little uh, intro music as the countdown. Uh, shout out to my guy Cherny Beats, Matt Cherny, who's uh, given us express written consent to use those on the stream. So uh, we do have some music, uh, some nice beats, I like to call them. Yes, indeed. Now, um, but Splits in, what's up? I'm saying a nice jersey today. Well, I did, credit to me for actually remembering that last Friday I said that it was going to be Jersey Fridays. I think someone suggests that. Uh, that's actually but Split that did. And yes, B.A., um, I hopefully we'll remember to keep on putting jerseys on. And listen, you know if I was going to do an NFL... I was going to throw on my guy, Pat Mahomes. This is a uh, got a good good feeling right now. Now, I was a little worried about the red and yellow possibly being associated with the Calgary Flames, but everyone knows that that is not the case. Um, listen, we'll get to a bunch of the other stories, but Remo, before we bring in Westy, what are your thoughts on this series going in, and particularly this game tonight? Um, you know, the Jets come off two pretty good wins in Vancouver. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about the shot count, but, I mean, neither of these games are really close. Hellebuck was brilliant. And now they go in. It, to me, this is an o- opportunity in some ways. I'm sure there's still some guys that remember being bounced out of the bubble last year by the Calgary Flames. And I'll tell you what, the Jets can literally do the same thing to Calgary this weekend with um, even at two wins out of three games, I think would essentially probably put the Flames in a situation where it would be just about them. Yeah, I mean, these are pretty big games coming up for the Jets. Uh, You look at the division standings right now, they are two points behind Toronto, uh, 33 games played, uh, Toronto 44 points, the Jets 42 points, Toronto... Uh, yesterday they played Ottawa. I mean, didn't look great. They had all these days rest. Ottawa was coming off the two wins. And look, it went to overtime. Austin Matthews makes some incredible plays to help them get to, you know, get the two points there. So uh, for the Jets, what are they up on Calgary? They're nine points up on Calgary, 42 to Calgary's 33. Calgary's even played one more game. So I agree with you. This is the chance. We all remember the playoffs last year, Calgary bouncing the Jets. We all remember Matthew Kachuk uh, injuring Mark Shifley, intentional or not. We'll leave it up to the chat uh, to decide. (laughs) We'll leave it up to the chat to decide what they think about that play. We all remember it. And I remember the beginning of the year, too, when the teams played. So uh, I agree. I mean, the Jets, you were talking on Twitter they're underdogs. I don't know how after Calgary just <laughs> Calgary has nine less points and they just lost two to Ottawa. Maybe they think, okay, well, Calgary has to win now. But we've thought that about Calgary all year. And they fired the coach. They continue to play pretty poor hockey, pretty inconsistent hockey. So uh, the Jets have been awesome. They've had some rest or they seem to be rolling. I think you have to like uh, the Jets here in one of these uh, first two. I think Calgary, maybe they'll eventually get a win, but they're not going <laughs> to keep losing forever like Buffalo. 
at the end of the day, this is an opportunity for the Jets to go for the throat, go for the jugular, and finish off an opponent that um, you know they won't have to worry about anymore if they can you know get four or six points over the course of this weekend. And you mentioned just how bad Calgary's looked in the last uh, in the last few days, particularly with those back to back losses in Ottawa to the Senators. And yeah, I mean, I often when I you know when I just glance at the standings, I don't really pay attention to the games played or the overtime losses. I just look at the difference between wins to regulation losses, and it's pretty simple. Toronto's plus 11, the Jets are plus 9, Edmonton's plus 8, Montreal is plus 6, and then below the playoff line, you've got Vancouver at minus 2 and Calgary at minus 1. I mean, so just to think that, to get into the neighborhood of Edmonton or Winnipeg, a team like Calgary has got to win 9 or 10 games in a row. So they're in a very precarious uh, predicament. I'm looking forward to talking about it coming up with Troy Westwood. Um, The uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily as always, brought to you by our friends at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? If you saw the video I did a couple days ago, um, showing off a couple of the t- Teslas that they have in front. Um, I learned a lot about Tesla last night from a good friend of mine. Pretty incredible company. Um, and Not has been the leaders with Tesla product for a long time here in Winnipeg. And then, listen, they'll also help you get out of your vehicle right now with their very successful consignment program. So if you are looking for a new whip, go see our friends at Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, or at Not.ca. And, um, of course, Royal Sports. I popped by Royal this morning. Uh, if you want, if you've never been to Royal, check out our Twitter at Sports Talk Winnipeg at Hotslorama. I uh, did a little promo for the show and a bit of a tour of, well, my favorite store in the history of stores. Um, it's if you haven't been in there, you got to see it for yourself. And uh, man, they got a lot of great stuff, including e-bikes, new bikes, and apparently there's a bike shortage in the world in the midst of the pandemic. But they are getting new product into Royal Sports, so uh, pop down, get ready to dominate spring with our friends at Royal, great sponsors of the program. Seven fifty Pembina Highway and six fifty Rally in EK. All right, I think it's time to get down to business. We've had so much fun hooking up with some of our pals from twelve ninety over the course of the weekend, over the course of the week, and what a way to head into the weekend with none other than our good friend Troy Westwood jumping in and making his debut visit on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Westy, what is going on? It's great to see you, my friend. How you doing? Doing pretty well, fellas. Really good to see you, Hudson. Congrats on this fantastic endeavor that you're on here. Hey, I appreciate it. You know, we've had some great response. I mean, I, listen, I don't need to tell you about the void that um, uh, the decision by our former employer left in uh, in this market. And uh, you know, I give Remus a ton of credit for um, you know working so hard with me behind the scenes to do what it took to actually get it on. But I mean, we've had these conversations with a bunch of the guys. I mean, I still believe Winnipeg is one of, if not the most passionate sports cities in Canada. And um, listen, there's a demand for this sort of content. We're seeing it each and every day, and I only think that this is going to grow. And, you know, I think maybe we're just finding out that we don't necessarily need a spot at the end of the AM radio dial to uh, have fun and have the conversations that we've been doing for 10 years, um, as you've been doing on the big show. For sure, brother. There's definitely a void. It was really neat to hear um, all the relationships that you build in the community with shows like we had, man, just uh, how you become a part of people's lives and how folks are really hurting and missing having us join them on that ride to work or whenever it was that they were enjoying our station uh, right across the board, man. So there was definitely a a vacuum created and you guys stepped up and are filling it well and just have a, a great show, Huss. 
Well, hey, I really appreciate it, and it's a lot better with um, some of the, the guys that we used to have so much fun talking to every day back on Pemina Highway. Now, Westy, a lot of things I want to touch on with you, but, you know, we want to get to some football and actually some other, you know, non-football or hockey topics with you, but may as well start it off with the Jets. Remus and I were just talking about the team going into this weekend against the Calgary Flames, and... I mean, when you look at the standings, where we are in the season, where the Jets are in the standings, what Calgary's been doing overall, especially lately, this really is an opportunity for the Jets to stick their foot on the throat of the team that bounced them from the playoffs right now and almost make them irrelevant um, going forward if the Jets can, you know, dominate this weekend series. Yeah, that's for sure, huh? And just uh, to have this level of separation, I guess, um, there were some that were really optimistic in what the Jets might be able to accomplish this season. And I think Calgary, a lot of folks thought that they might have uh, a bit of a, a strong season as well, right? Especially when you're talking about picking up the additional help, help in net the way they did with Jacob Markstrom, who's maybe not playing at the level as far as save percentage goes, that a lot of people hope that he would. But certainly there's some separation there. And like you were saying with, with Remus there, Huss, you can you can do a whole lot in this situation here to create some enough of a separation that it makes it hard to imagine anything outside of some sort of catastrophic thing happening that will allow the flames to catch the jets. Oh, lots of love for Westy in the chat. Miss you Westy. Yep. Westy missing the guys. Um, just, uh, it's wonderful. And, uh, oh, and some shout outs on your Adidas too. Uh, the Adidas stripes looking the strongest in decades right now, Westy. Either way, Kevin O came in with a martini and then Wicks dropped the romper on us yesterday. There was much <laughs> speculation that you might get all oiled up and uh, join the show in a speedo or something. No, it wouldn't be the first time. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be the first. I, I, I did the the, uh, the little warm-up early on here with uh, Remus and as I was working out in my workout gear, but I thought I'd save you guys from that. So, I, you know, I don't need the props. I'm just here, and we're here to talk sports, brother, and let's go. Well, we certainly are. Let's um, So back to the Jets. Um, so listen, you know, the record is what it is. I mean, the team's yeah. in a very good position. I mean, they are, you know, it, it would be an incredible disappointment if something turned around and somehow they didn't make the playoffs. But where are you at right now in the hockey club? I mean, there's been a lot of good. There certainly has been some struggles that we've talked about. Um, but are you pleasantly surprised with the Winnipeg Jets right now? Where's your level of optimism as to what this team can do going through the rest of the season and assuming that they'll qualify in the top four? Yeah, it's, at this point, it's it's dang near impossible to imagine that they're not going to make the playoffs like you're saying, huh? And definitely surprised in a real positive manner with their record. I, there are some... Like it's it's interesting to me, Hus, because there are some concerns with this team, and it's neat to when people are talking about the team and looking at the record, seeing them sitting in second, poised right there to be on top of the North. With I, I didn't really, I, I really wondered how much of an opportunity that they would. And I know Jim Big Rig Toth had picked them to win the North, and I thought he was kind of out of his mind when he did that. But there they are, with all of the warts or concerns that this team might have. There they are sitting in, you know, in striking distance of actually uh, being on top of the North. I still don't like the way Paul Maurice has got the the forward lines configured. I don't like having Nate Thompson on that fourth line, man, instead of going Shifley, Dubois, Stastny, Lowry. I just don't get that. I know some people, some people will say Adam Lowry is not a fourth line center, but for the love of goodness, when you got, when you're that rich down the middle, I just, I think, like, I, I just love down the middle strength, and I wonder what they could accomplish if they were to ever go to that. And then defensively, I, I think you got to be concerned defensively, Huss. 
this is the second year. Like right now, they're second in the NHL for allowing high danger chances against. Last year, they were the very worst. And I just wonder, once it gets down to playoff time, how long can you exist in a playoff situation when you're giving up the opportunities the way that the Jets do? Like they bleed them, man. And at some point in time, for whenever this team is going to take that next step, like they've got all kinds of great glitz with the offensive firepower and they can score with anybody. But when it comes down to the end of the regular season here and they get into the playoffs and get up against some of the upper echelon teams, it's really hard for me to imagine that they're going to be successful when they're bleeding high danger chances the way they do. Well, you know what's interesting is that, you know, there have been some games that have been better than others when it comes to that. And I think back to the series in Edmonton last weekend. And you look at, you know, both of those games, the shot totals the Jets allowed were a couple of their best games of the year. And yet, in a game where I think they only gave up three high danger chances, well, two of them were to Connor McDavid and they ended up in the back of the net and you end up losing in regulation. Um, you know, making the most of their opportunities has always been a calling card of the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, you're exactly right. Um, I don't think th- there's a reason why Hellebuck won the Vesna Trophy last year. The Jets gave him more than enough opportunities to prove that he was the best goaltender in the league. Um, all that being said, you know, when you get down to the stretch and you especially get to the playoffs, you would like that to be co- considerably and consistently better. But back to your point about the centers. And I mean, I, we talked about this before off air as well as on. Um, I actually buy into what you're saying. Um, and I would not at all be surprised that by the time we get to um, the playoffs that, you know, Stastny could potentially be on, you know, one of the other two lines as a center. I still think that with, as long as Appleton and Cop are playing with Lowry, we know the role that they have. We can call them the fourth line if we want. They'll play far more than a than a regular NHL fourth line and probably more than that one does right now. But it is interesting, um, you know, if everyone's healthy and everyone's able to go, if you did move Stastny off of that top line, the other question is who's then moving into the top six? But I think there's a number of, you know, mm-hmm. candidates that could adequately do it. Um, but it does give you a, definitely a different look and some other options, especially when it comes to the matchups. And yeah, I mean, that was a big reason why they wanted to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. We've talked over and over again about how important you look at championship teams and how they're built down the middle. And the Jets certainly, those options are there for Paul Maurice if he wants to do it now, in two weeks, or when this team gets to the postseason. And I just wonder if, if that's in the plans at all. Like the, they haven't even really peaked at that, right? And and there's still time, I guess, to to make that switch Huss. I sure hope they do because I just just imagine coming over the boards like if, if you're talking about Shifley, Dubois, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Stasty, and then Lowry, like goodness sakes, deal with that, man, right? Like, and holy smackers. I just, I think that would be the best way to optimize the personnel that you got. And like you mentioned, seeing what Andrew Kopp is pulling off, seeing what Mason Appleton has got, like you can paint in when if you move Stastny off that left side in the top six there, I think you've got the talent that you can move in there. And uh, who we gets the first this- crack at that spot in your mind? Like, let's say that happened, or let's just say Stastny was out for a couple games. Um, who's who's the first guy that goes up? Is it Cop? He's always had that role before. I think Appleton's shown that he's potentially you know capable of doing that. The other guy that we don't talk a lot about that's actually had an incredible resurgence, in my opinion, this season is Matthew Perot. Yeah, and yeah. Perot, I mean, Westy, you know what it's like to be in a contract year. Um, Matt Perot is laying it out on the line each and every night in limited minutes and opportunity, and his production is as good as it's been in a long time. 
Yeah, and I've always absolutely loved Matthew Perot, and I've thought he's been underutilized grossly during uh, the last number of years here with the Winnipeg Jets. So it's great seeing him healthy and producing. I'm not sure who would fit into that spot. Hust, I think if that shift does occur, that they go with those four guys down the middle, then you start thinking more in pairs than trio sort of thing. But I do think that there's certainly enough talent here to to shift and mix and match. And and this is kind of what I'm getting to. You're talking about more or less halfway through the season right now. Now is the time to start. I think if if you're if they if Paul Maurice has that in his head that that's what he wants down the middle. Now is the time. I think or or it was 10, 15 games ago to start to manage that and see what gives you the best combination of players with chemistry and that sort of thing and and allowing those things to come together. So that is just, holy cow, look out when the playoffs start. I'd like to see them start doing that sooner sooner than later. Hey, Westy, in the interest of fairness, I will say this, and I was with you and a lot of people that were somewhat surprised when Nate Thompson came back from injury that he went in and they started going with Thompson along with Lewis and Perot on that fourth line. Um, and I think many of us were wondering, I mean, what about Veseline? What about Harkins? Who, I mean, what a tough season he's having. I mean, and that's, I guess, part of the problem of playing on a good team. But... I have to admit, um, the play of the fourth line over the last two, three weeks has been um, almost a revelation. Um, Their results in almost every aspect have been so much better than what the Jets have been getting from fourth lines in the past. And uh, it's, um, I mean, sometimes you got to just give credit where credit is due. And I understand why they haven't made a change because, I mean, listen, when we've talked about Jets' losses, we've been more talking about what's been happening in the top six or on the top line. It certainly hasn't been a bunch of torches about Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis. That's fair. And, I th- hey, Tra- Trevor Lewis is a strong player, and I think a lot of people like what he brings to the table. I just, when you're talking about Nate Thompson being there compared, compared to an Adam Lowry and just, and just the overall sort of systematic or foundational understanding of down-the-middle strength, and the Jets, they've never had that. And I just I just don't believe with as well as that fourth line has been doing, I think that they're not making the most of this personnel, man. I, I really truly believe that in my heart and soul, and especially come playoff time, that they could be that much more strong if they were to commit to that down-the-middle strength. All right, let's put the GM hat, Westy. The trade deadline's coming up. We've been talking about it with the guys all weekend long. What's uh, Who's on your wish list? And what are you willing to give up to get that guy to the peg? Yeah, for sure. The first round. And I think, you know, Hus, I really think, and we were talking about this on the big show for a while um, here where there's this window. And I heard Big Rig talking about it with you there earlier this week, that two to three year window with the age of some of these guys and the contracts involved where you got to make some hay. And maybe even with the situations with Paul Maurice and Kevin Sheveldale where you'd like to see them push all in here. And I know in the past that they have in those situations, but when you're looking at the defense the and who's available, what you might have to give up to go get it, I, I think you got to push your chips in here and go get uh, someone like Ekholm, whomever it is that you're identifying that could best help this team. Certainly got to do something to strengthen things defensively here and get Dylan DeMello, I think, off that third pair. That's driving me nuts and a lot of people crazy that he's playing sort of in that role here. I, I, I'm not sure what's going to be best for the, the defense as far as fit goes and things like that, Hus. But certainly if you have an opportunity to strengthen the defense at this point in time, I think they got to push all their chips in and do that. 
Well, and the thing about Ekholm in particular, who's, you know, the guy at that top of the list, is when you think about his contract at less than $4 million a year, and he has another year of term. And, you know, to have a player like that, not necessarily here long term, but to get two playoff runs, and maybe most importantly, to have him as a rock on the blue line next year, as in all likelihood, you introduce Dylan Sandberg and and, um, Billy Hainala as NHL regulars. Um, there's a lot of intangibles that comes with a player like that in addition to what he does on the ice that I think, you know, really do help the organization. And that's probably re- the reason why Nashville is trying to squeeze as much as they can out of Shevel Day Off or whoever else they can because, I mean, you're, it's not just a rental. You're getting another year of an elite defenseman at a very, very team-friendly price. And I think us, those all those points that you bring up and the situation that the Jets are in as far as window, things of that nature, and when you're talking specifically of how the league is set up and how they're as good as anybody in the North that catapults you in a pretty solid place as far as the playoffs are concerned, that just sort of further emphasizes go get it. You know, there's no just go get it here and, and strengthen the team in that manner. Hey, um, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about the Calgary Flames and paying attention to the Calgary Flames with these three games in four nights. Um, what... <laughs> What do you make of this team right now? I mean, they lose to in ugly fashion a few weeks ago to Ottawa and get their coach fired. Daryl Sutter comes in, gets a bit of a bump over the course of a week, and then they are losing back-to-back in regulation to Ottawa again. I mean, this is one of the most confounding teams in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, they just they can't score, too. Like, I guess that's really the, the, the biggest problem that they've got, huh? That they just... That, that's sort of the emphasis of that top line. It's... I don't know that uh, some of the questions that were being posed to the top line, if they've been answered at the rate that Calgary would have hoped for. And then that second line outside of Kachuk with Backlund uh, isn't really performing at a high level. So I think it's mostly a scoring sort of a thing. I don't mind seeing them struggle. I don't know about you. Like it's, I, you know, I don't mind seeing the Flames struggle like this. Uh, but I'm they, here for it. <laughs> they certainly are, brother. And yeah, they're, it's a... Uh, People were wondering which of those two teams in Alberta was going to struggle more so than the other, and certainly the early indications, it's Calgary. Uh, Troy Westwood's with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Westy, let's transition over to the CFL. Um, The timing of us starting the show was quite fortuitous in that two days afterwards, Dave Naylor drops this um, bombshell that the CFL and the XFL are working together or planning on, or, you know, coming out public. We all knew that there was a lot of things going back uh, behind the scenes for a number of months. Um, I don't know about you. The first thing I thought is that if this sort of thing is becoming public, that tells you all you need to know about the very precarious financial situation the league's in. Well, I mean, as a guy that spent 18 years in the league as a Canadian player, what was your first reaction to that? And where are you now as to what could be next for the CFL? I think when I first heard it, I was just like, oh boy, or oh no, some combination of those two sorts of things. But also, man, we've been talking for years where you've got basically a third of your league that is dying in Toronto, BC, and Montreal, right there, and, and especially Toronto and Vancouver. And I don't know how long, how long MLSE and the ownership in BC, like what's going on there and what they're going to do. They're just bleeding to death, huh? And I, I think that sometimes on the prairies here in be it Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, we look at the CFL and think, ah, oh, it's strong and it's 
you know, it's been around forever. It's going to be around for another hundred years and that sort of thing. We look through these rose-colored glasses because of how successful the league is here. But those situations in those the three largest markets of Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal are of huge concern, man. And I, you know, and there's that saying in desperate times, call for desperate measures. And I don't know if it's to do something to make things a little bit larger, like entering into this potential XFL situation and I, I saw that the the amount that it could be worth 100 million uh, American in an annual way they might be able to inject that sort of thing but I, I tell you I tweeted this last week us there is no way in the world that some team from the US of a that no one's ever heard of coming into Toronto or Vancouver is going to do anything to cause any level of excitement in any of those markets and help those situations so I, I don't know is is reaching for the fence here or shooting for the fence with a merger with the XFL, is that the answer? I also saw, I believe it was Rob Vanstone wrote a real interesting piece where maybe what the CFL should do here is to sort of retract and maybe it's time to make the the CFL even more Canadian and sort of downsize here to survive. I, I don't know the answers. I, I, I do know this. I have for years, probably the 10 years that we were on air there with the big show saying that I don't believe there's an answer to the riddle or the pieces of the puzzle to make BC or Toronto work, man. I just don't think it's there. The changing uh, population that's there. You have kids football, even here in Winnipeg, some of the most highly held onto and, and loved football programs that exist in this city where registrations dropping off by 50 and 75%, right? There's not a lot of kids playing football anymore. So I just, there's the demand in Vancouver and Toronto is not there. And I don't know what the league's going to do. And now with the whole crunch uh, situation because of COVID, it's it's really quite horrible. Us And I, I don't know. I know that in the 90s when they went into the States, they did that because they were in a desperate situation and needed the cash infusion. If that's what this is again. Whatever, whatever they feel that they got to do to make it work, brother, I'm, I'm down with. But and this twenty percent of salary reduction is of really interest to me because I do think that the CFL could pay their players a lot less, and you'll lose some of the players by retirement. Guys that are older with families that live in the states and that mm. sort of thing will maybe look to having to jump into the real world. By and large, I think you could cut the salaries a lot mm. of CFL players and and things like quarterbacks that are making half a million a year. And then I think you got to start looking also at some of the management and the coaching staff, like just coming after the players for 20% and not right across the board here with management and, and the business side of, of things as well. It's just, it's well, that's already happened. That's yeah. all, that's pretty much already happened in like so many. And, and this is why, I mean, I get it. If you're a player, you missed last season, you know, you go through everything that it took to, okay, we're, looks like we're going to go ahead. And then to hear that, I totally understand why guys would be choked about it. But then I take a step back and I realize that, you know, if you were lucky enough to actually still have a job working on the business side in the Canadian Football League, um, I think it probably across the board, you were, you know, much like it happened to us at TSN. I mean, you know, we went down for a while during the pandemic to working 75% and getting paid 75%. I mean, this isn't, this isn't unique. And to be honest with you, the way that it was presented, that is only in the case of if there's no fans. And listen, the CFL is a gate-driven league. If there's no fans, there's no money right now, and it makes it very difficult 
We saw there was no season last year. I don't know if there's a, you know, a magic trick to be able to make it all work without fans. And, you know, unfortunately it sucks, but that's just sort of the reality right now that, you know, and very difficult decisions for these players, because I think many of them, you know, are, have already, if they weren't, got forced into thinking about life after football. And, you know, not everyone has an 18 year career, Westy. You know, they got to be ready to, uh, they got to be ready to do something afterwards. And maybe many of those players are, um, you know, essentially, you know, being forced into that transition earlier than they thought. I do think, though, Huss, ultimately you'll lose a few players. But by and large, if you, if there's a 20% pay cut or whatever it's going to be, there's not many options of playing professional football. Right. There's the NFL. There might be the XFL and CFL has been around. But I mean, having to get a real job or living out your dreams, trying to get to the NFL through the CFL, even if you're making less money like that. I think ultimately the players are going to have to eat that. But you just you really wonder. As far as the how the league is going to be constructed here and what ultimately is what is the rock and and the XFL? What are they trying to accomplish here exactly? Right? It's just there's all there's so many questions and so much unknown here, and we're getting close to training camp. Quite frankly, right? Like we're we're here getting ready to go, and this all there are is just a, a football field of question marks. You know what's interesting? I mean, if this does go ahead and they do get together and the CFL teams are playing the XFL teams, the one thing that I think will happen, and and I'll be honest, I'm not opposed to it as all at all is moving significantly up the schedule. I mean, the XFL in the second incarnation started pretty much shortly after the Super Bowl. And all the football fans that now, you know how the depression of that Monday after the Super Bowl, oh my God, we got to go however many months without football. Well, they were there for it. And, you know, if you, I mean, you couldn't start a league in February in Canada, but I mean, you could get things going in April and I mean, you know, as someone that loves to go to the games, like at April, that's when it's spring. It's nice. People are excited to get outside, probably more so now in the current world we live in than ever before. Starting that earlier and finishing in and around Labor Day when the when the NFL starts. And I mean, maybe all of our Labor Day traditions turn into Canada Day traditions. I do think there's a potential, like the best potential for this league working together is doing it when... The NFL and college football aren't playing. You get into a situation where your games are on television. And let's face it, with sports gambling and wagering growing exponentially month over month over month and being legalized in all other places, there's football betting and then there's everything else. And, you know, if that product could get out there and be that option, not only is there a ton of money to be made for the league and the teams, but the partnerships with said outfits um i think positioning it that way there really could be potential but again we're talking about massive changes and i'm not having even touched whatever rules they're going to use which is of course very contentious to a lot of lovers of the three down game i agree 100 percent with what what you're saying about an earlier start huss and take the xfl out of the equation i remember us holding a survey asking cfl fans would you like the cfl to start considerably early. And I think there was 80 plus percent support of that. So I think a lot of people, regardless of what's going on with the XFL would love and very warmly accept an earlier start for the CFL. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense on a lot of different levels. Um, Westy, you are a soccer guy. We have not played, uh, we haven't talked a lot of soccer so far, but I was pumped to have you on today because last night, Canada first big win in world cup qualifying Alfonso Davies back wearing the red and white. What an, like this, I, I, it, 
I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I am, I, I, you know, part of it is because Canada stunk for pretty much my yeah. entire life and there hasn't been anything to get excited about. What do you think Alfonso Davies can do for soccer in Canada, um, assuming that, you know, his presence can take our team to the next level? And, you know, I know we're guaranteed of playing in the World Cup, but let's just say we were able to qualify for the World Cup. What would his star power and that appearance in the biggest tournament in the world do, do you think, for the sport here in the country? Shoot it through the roof, brother. And the neat thing is, like, I remember, I think it was last year during uh, Bundesliga, I was playing with uh, Bayern Munich there, and they're saying it's a shame we're watching this guy and we're never going to see him in the World Cup. And I know last night, like, what we saw, when you're talking about against Bermuda, you would have hoped that Canada could spank Bermuda a little bit, and they did. But like what you were touching on there, Huss, 10, 20 years ago, what Canada could bring to the table from a talent standpoint compared to where it's at now is truly night and day. And it's such a joy to watch. And how just Alfonso Davies as an athlete, he's he's freaking playing striker right now, right? And 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 that I tell you what, that presents for defenders, it's like a Connor McDavid situation and gap control. That's what that is, man. You got this cat coming at you, that's the fastest dude on the pitch. And just so awesome that with his club he plays, he's playing a a fullback who overlaps endlessly and that sort of thing. And he comes to play for his nation as a striker. It's just a super cool thing. The guy is an absolute star, a global star. And I know just with the kids and and coaching my son in soccer and being around the sport at the level, all the kids love and know who he is. And, and the real neat thing is there's a host of other talent there, Hus coming up that when you're looking at some of the individuals that the Canadians have that are right there, as far as star power and knocking on that, sort of door as well so definitely hugely exciting times for canadian soccer the women's program has carried that excitement for an extended period of time here huss and i think there's a big chunk of folks within that soccer community that always wondered if the men's program could ever sort of carry its own weight certainly got herman here and and doing his darndest with with what he's got and he just you wonder you wonder if they might be able to accomplish it there's a super long road uh, ahead of them where they're going to have to play at a, at a very high level to qualify. But certainly just the excitement is worth everything in the world when they're able to answer the bell that the way they did. And of course, with Alfonso Davis playing the role that he did, Huss, it's just he's so electric and he just causes so much excitement. He's an absolute joy. Yeah, and I think more and more people are being, you know, again, you know, with the television, it's not like the Davies games are on prime time all the time. You do have to work a little bit for it. But, yeah. um, you know, and even last night, I mean, you know, with the soccer contract being on one soccer, the average fan, it's not on TSN, it's not on Sportsnet, so they might not see it. But the way information is being disseminated and delivered to people is different. And they might not see the whole game, but they're going to see the highlights. And I got to give a shout out to our pal Ryan Brandt. So Ryan delivered me a successful three-game winning parlay two days ago for the World Cup qualifiers. <laughs> Followed up last night with a four-gamer, which was very nice of Ryan. We'll see. We maybe have some more soccer picks on the lock shop today, courtesy of Ryan. But, I mean, he knows the game incredibly well. And the one thing that we were talking about watching Davies last night playing against Bermuda that you maybe don't see. Like, listen, when he's playing for Bayern... You see his incredible speed and what he does, but there's a lot of guys, maybe not quite at that level, but, you know, it's the best in the world. When you put Davies against um, a mediocre club, his the ability, it is like Connor McDavid, but yeah. playing in like an AHL game or something, and it's almost just not, <laughs> yep. it's almost not fair. Mm-hmm. That's what I, was, I just got a kick out of watching Bermuda, that fullback dealing with him, and you're trying <laughs> to give the guy 15, 20 
yards of gap and it just disappears and dissipates in a split second. So I think that's about the only real uh, comparison that you can make right now in the sports world and what someone's got to deal with defensively with Davis being up like that. And I'm right there with you, Brandy. I saw his picks, man, and I just I get a real kick out of how much work you do with that uh, Huss and the level of success. And Brandy now contributing with the soccer, filling your pockets. It's just absolutely gorgeous. He does a lot well, of great work with the CPL and Valor as well, does Ryan Brandt. Well, no, he absolutely does. And I mean, it's fun, you know, for someone that, you know, doesn't have a great background in soccer, but has always tried to learn more about it and get into it and enjoy it. Like having someone that, you know, can explain some of the technical knowledge, um, you know, can really open up, you know, the way that you're able to watch the sport if you don't have a big experience in playing it. And uh, and the bottom line is, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, here in Canada for a long time, soccer has sort of been dismissed by a lot of people for whatever reason. Um, It's the biggest show on the planet and we want to get in the game and we finally have a transcendent athlete that I think can literally put this program on his back along with some really young talent that's coming in the pipes, following in his footsteps. And that, when that happens, I, I am with you. I think that it's going to be an explosion of excitement uh, about Canadian soccer right now, because it has been the girls that have been doing it for a long time. And uh, it's about time the boys showed up and uh, showed that, you know, Canada, much like in a lot of other sports, think of the, uh, the ascension of Canadian tennis over yeah. the last few years. Growing up, I love tennis, but it seems like a Canadian in the top 100. Are you serious? And now we've got all these incredible athletes. So I don't know whether it's training, whether it's the talent, whether people that normally played other sports have gotten into soccer early, but I think there's a legitimate reason to be pretty excited about the future of our men's program. And really, it starts with Alfonso Davies. It is legit, man. And like you're saying, we've seen the, those surges in tennis, seen those surges in golf, seen an outrageous surge in basketball from a, what the Canada is contributing for a high level of players. And certainly, I think it's here. Hasek. I think this is legit. And this nation has arrived and it's fortified a little bit here in the MLS being at the, whether it's from a producing talent standpoint in the men's program, or also from fan supporting teams that are in the MLS. And now the CPL for Pete's sake, that is really given like there's all kinds of kids from a grassroots level, Canadians, young Canadian kids that can grow up hoping to play pro and playing at a CPL level. And then using that to catapult them into the MLS, the soccer, when I was a kid, Huss, I was waiting and would see, we'd see these leagues start up and they would eventually die out. And it just could never catch traction to play at a pro level with people supporting it and, and surviving. I've, certainly the MLS has done that. The CPL just helps to sort of strengthen that foundation there. And we are living – the game of soccer right now in Canada, brother, is in a probably the strongest – it's or without doubt the strongest it's ever been – right across the board in every way imagine, imaginable. It's just, uh, just, it's a truly a beautiful thing to witness that it is, it has absolutely arrived and inspired so many young people to play at a high level. Well, and you know what, and bringing this back to football, Troy, um, you know, and we've over the, even over the course of the last 10 years of being on 1290, we've seen a shift and you talked about it before. I mean, learning more about concussions, what sports kids are playing, you know, in the future. And, you know, it's not unrealistic Although it's kind of funny, we say this at the same time, there are, you know, Chase Claypool's playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Joe Joe's down at Clemson. I mean, we're producing some great football players too, but you just wonder as the demographics change and as many parents are like, well, what do I want to put my kid in? Um, soccer and basketball are going to, I think, continue to go like this. Hockey will always still be huge in Canada. 
but I really do wonder about the future of, you know, football at a minor program. And I guess part of that too, we were talking to Andrew Harris. I mean, the explosion of things like flag football right now is one of the things that that sport needs to do to get these athletes in and let them play at a, you know, when they're kids at maybe a safer way of doing it. Um, And hopefully they'll love the game and continue to stay in it. It's really neat to see the contribution of flag football and how club like the nomads are getting involved in that and how a team like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are putting marketing dollars and support into flag football programs and that sort of thing. So yeah, seeing tackle football, the women's programs in, in tackle football are more popular than they've ever been and, and growing as well. So it's just a, a precarious sort of state that that football for kids is in for sure. And like you're talking about, and it's so many sports, it's so different from when I and we were younger, Huss, where it was pretty much hockey is, is what a lot of young Canadian athletes would be highly successful at from a global standpoint. And now there's so many sports right across the board. Like what you're saying, the number of Canadians in the NFL is mind blowing compared to what it was 20 years ago. That sort of thing. So I, yeah, I, I wonder what it is too. It's all the, maybe the approach to sports across the board. Training's got to have a bunch to do with it. And just having the different veins that exist out there for young athletes and helping them to achieve the very most that they can. We're doing something right as a nation, man. And it's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, Westy, this was so much fun. We hit some hockey. We talked Jets. We talked CFL. Got a little soccer in. This has been uh, awesome. And obviously, you did it so well all those years with Jim and Brandon in the morning on 1290. Tons of great comments in the chat. Thanks to everyone that's joining us live on YouTube for the return of Westy. Well, I guess not the return, the, the debut of Westy on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Got to ask you on the way out, I hit the Jim and Brandon with this. You're the one without a baby in your house. Um Despite everything that's happened, how much are you enjoying not having that alarm go off at 4.30 in the morning every day? <laughs> yeah, that's been heavenly. I said that <laughs> the only real difference in my day is that I don't need to stay up for the 9, 9.30 games. Like, boy, if we were still doing the morning show during this stretch of <laughs> can't even imagine. I really can't imagine it. But the, the level of deep down dead tired of getting up at 4 <laughs> Like I, I could lay down. I used to, I used to fall asleep at red lights. I'd have to put my car in park at red lights when we first started doing it. That's no exaggeration. Cause I, there was a good chance I was going to fall asleep when I was driving. So it was just, that was, that was pretty tough. But now the only real difference for me is I'm getting up at seven, getting Trey, my 13 year old ready for school and, and, you know, starting my day at that point in time. So, but I love it. I, I love getting that additional extra little bit of sleep here. And, and I, every single day we did that gig us leaving in the morning and starting your day to do whatever it is that you wanted at about 10 o'clock hanging out with a couple of buddies in a room talking about sports for four hours a day that that was a ridiculous job as ridiculous as it was to get paid for kicking a football for 18 years I was blessed to be able to sit around and talk about sports with a couple of buddies like that and actually get paid for it I have nothing but thankful sort of uh, understandings and what was presented to us brother and it was a joy to to be close to you guys as well. Hustle and Lawless, right? When you guys first started, you guys were already well entrenched and really the anchor that got everything going there. And although the boys that illegal curve, all the different individuals that was a part of the team at TSN 1290, getting close to everybody at Bob and Virgin as well. That whole building was just a bunch of fun on both sides of it, brother. So it was an absolute joy over those 10 years to be a part of a great team. 
Well, hey, buddy, it was uh, I, I couldn't uh, have said it better myself. Um, a great group of people. And um, as I said, it, in a way, if it was going to end, I'm glad that it ended the way it did with all of us going out together as opposed to dying on the vine. And uh, <laughs> and you know what? I think that there's going to be some really exciting things happening in the future for you. And uh, and a lot of the gang um, might take a little bit of time to figure out how it's going to work. But we're seeing it every day. Um, people loved you guys. I mean, they love the content and there is a demand for it. And you know, hopefully we can uh, keep growing and uh, have more conversations like this going forward. Uh, hey, all the best to you and the family, Westy. This is a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, Huss. It's been a pleasure. Take care, brother. <laughs> right on. There is the man, Troy Westwood, at Troy Westwood on Twitter. The longtime, uh, one of the longtime voices in the morning with us on uh, the old station down on Pemina. I can't wait for our next conversation with Andy McNamara. I do want to tell you that um, the uh, Call Your Shot promo is on right now at Boston Pizza. I popped that there yesterday, got the pizza flights. I couldn't believe how good they were. Three mini pizzas, any kinds you want. I think I had the Meteor, the Spicy Pierogi, and the Deluxe. Three dips. Um, get yourself a nice cold uh, Sub-Zero Coors Light as well, and you'll be entered to win instant Boston Pizza gift cards, a custom-built backyard ODR for the house next winter or a VIP NHL experience. So um, that's on right now. Call your shot at Boston Pizza. And thanks to Andrew and the BP folks for their great support. And again, um, I'm going to be heading to DQ, probably Northgate, early next week. I know we told you earlier this week that, you know, the uh, number one cake sales in Manitoba, top 10 in Canada. They've been doing such a great job over there. Easter's coming. They're, I think on Monday, all the Easter cakes are ready to go. So I'll be popping by there and showing you. But, um, and, and uh, you know, we'll talk about this at the end. We got a really nice uh, email or a Facebook post from one of our listeners who actually went over to DQ St. Anne's and posted it saying that he was there supporting them for supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk. So that is just absolutely so cool. Uh, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, the Niverville location, and as I mentioned, they just took over and reopened the St. Anne's DQ. So pop down there and uh, tell them the boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. All right, let's get to it. I got my Chiefs jersey on for Jersey Friday. There was a 99.9% chance that Andy McNamara getting back into the ring with me would be repping the Cleveland Browns. That is exactly what he's doing. But um, um, I think I told you guys earlier, I mean, Andy, one of the uh, my most fun conversations on a regular basis through the years over on the warm up was with Andy. And then he got a great opportunity to go to Sportsnet. So we couldn't do it together for a while. But Andy Mack is back now that we're uh, independent contractors. What's going on, boss? It is yes. great to talk to you again, dude. Oh, hustler, hustler. Man, it is so good to be back on with you. Like I told you, when I jumped over to Sportsnet, it's been a blast being over there. But one of the the bad things was I didn't get to chat with you anymore, right? And so I feel this is sort of like the NWO. You know, like I'm I'm the Scott Hall coming out. You people, you know who I am. <laughs> coming out and rejoining you, man. I am so pumped. And from what you guys have been doing has been sensational uh, since day one. I think I was subscriber like number five. Like I jumped right on with you guys. So very happy to be on with you once again. Well, man, it's, um, you know, I thank you for that. And I thank everyone. I mean, we're, uh, you know, the, the numbers have been blowing us away. Like the amount of people watching live on YouTube every day, never mind the thousands that are downloading the podcast. It's been, uh, I mean, it's more than we could have imagined, but awesome. honestly, I was just talking with Troy. It kind of reinforced my belief that, 
just because the AM dial is not available anymore and a certain company decided to, you know, moonwalk out of Winnipeg, it doesn't mean that the demand for this content isn't there and people don't want to have these conversations. I maintain this is the most passionate sports city in Canada and there's a need for it. So um, anyways, we're we're privileged to have the support we have and it's been a a great to a great to start. Before we dive into all this crazy NFL news that's going on right now, how are things, and you know what, maybe fill in some people that remember you but hadn't seen you lately. You've moved over to Sportsnet in Toronto, doing a lot of fantasy work, some hosting. Fill us in on what you're up to, Andy. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm the uh, Sportsnet National Fantasy Sports Analyst. I was able to get that official title put on their little bump up going over to to Sportsnet. You know, coming coming back. I started way back in the day, Hus, with uh, after I started with doing broadcast for Durham College Rogers TV. So it was sort of like the went to TSN and then coming home being able to go to, to Rogers, which has been incredible. So I'm doing my national weekly uh, fantasy show. It's called the fantasy show Sunday mornings on the Sportsnet radio network, but also social media and on the radio daily fantasy minutes, writing articles, pretty much fantasy baseball rankings. Got that out a lot now as well, but primarily fantasy football. And it's been, uh, it's been a blast. It's like the, the creative control angle written in there has been, been really fun. It's been, been really, really yeah, good. It's just so like you're a WWE contract, full right? creative control over everything that, everything that you did. Um, <laughs> you know what? Right now, why don't you get out your tags right now? It's AndyMC81 on Twitter. And yeah. uh, the, the the Instagram feed's great, too. There's a lot of good fantasy content on that. What uh, is, is it the same uh, same tag? Uh, at AndyMC Sports on Instagram. And and TikTok, which I still haven't quite figured out. Uh, I don't <laughs> I really like it. TikToks. I don't really like it. I, I put like I put like a drink recipe on there, so you can check that out. That's pretty cool. TikTok, I, it's it's beyond me, but I'm like, okay, I got to stay up with the like you say. I hope it kind of goes away because I don't get it. But <laughs> that's Andy MC Sports too. <laughs> All right, well let's let's talk about. I, I was saying earlier. I mean, we uh, I was so fired up to have you on, and there's a ton of the things we could have talked about. And then the NFL gives us two massive trades in the yeah. top ten of the draft just a couple hours after we did this let's uh let's so let's start off with the 49ers moving up to the third pick of course that pick from Miami originally the pick of the Houston Texans right um pretty big swing for the fences for the uh the the, the Niners two extra first round picks going into the deal um what do you make of the Niners moving up to number three what does that mean for their selection the quarterbacks in the draft, and the future of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Hustler, what it means, no matter what the 49ers want to say, you don't trade up to number three to get a safety or an offensive tackle. You don't pay that type of premium draft capital to do that. They're getting a quarterback straight away. They're getting a quarterback. Now, the interesting part is going to be who did they get because what happens is, all right, is it a somebody who – is a raw talent and you want to maybe have them sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, but we know his injury history. Does it mean that Jimmy G maybe, and this is, this is the vibe I'm kind of feeling. Does he get dealt back to uncle bill in new England, right? Does he go home finally? And Belichick gets him to be his starting quarterback because the 49ers are getting, is it going to be Zach Wilson? Is it going to be Lance? Is it going to be fields? Like there's one of the, and really hustle. What do the jets do? Is it Sam Darnold? Like, my eye now is in New York. If the Jets want Sam Darnold, they're going to be trading that pick. And I think if they do, it's going to be the Carolina Panthers or maybe the Falcons to jump up that high. Well, and the cost to jump up that high in a draft with these elite quarterback prospects. And what's interesting is Zach Wilson out of BYU 
was a player that we didn't really talk a lot about. Wasn't at the top of that list, you know, most of the season. And then he had that great year. And at the end of the year, people were talking more about him. But it was always Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And now there's a lot of people pretty tied into NFL scouting that'll tell you that that the BYU quarterback is going to be number two off the board, whether the Jets take him or somebody else. It very well could be, right? And I always love the draft because without a doubt, there's always a riser that nobody sees coming, right? It was Carson Wentz. It was Josh Allen, right? It was from those smaller schools. And for BYU, what I looked into is that, like, uh, Wilson could be the highest player drafted out of that school ever. The previous high was Ezekiel Ansa, who was a bust at five. The top quarterback was Jim McMahon of the Bears back in 82, so we could be talking something historic from that school, but whether it's it's Lance or Wilson, what we have to look at is, again, these are very raw quarterbacks, and we see it every year. If you go to the wrong situation, you're going to become a Mitchell Trubisky and not necessarily a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes type where you're, you're put into a situation that is solid and you're able to move forward. Because, look, Trubisky's the backup in Buffalo now, third overall raw guy. Um is that going to happen to one of those? Is Justin Fields, who I'm, I'm pretty bullish on, I think his, uh, his arm talent is underrated. Um, where does he go? Does he become a deal for somebody in the middle of that first top 10? Well, and you know, you mentioned Trey Lance. and I mean, there will be some folks here with us now or listening today that'll know him well because he, of course, played just down the highway in Fargo, North Dakota for NDSU. Yeah. Um, he seems like a, a bit of a wild card, much like Carson Wentz was when he got picked second overall when you're from the FBS as opposed to, you know, playing all the big boys in the NCAA, how much of a wild card is Lance in this draft and how high could he get picked, Andy? I, I think he's a real wild card. And this is, when I look at, at Lance, it's a case where it's a young guy. Now they're all young, but he's really young. Um, in that type of division, so or, or, or uh, competition play, and that's, that's the question, right? They play high enough competition. I feel he's got to go to, and if it's two, until the Jets prove that they've turned around their organization culture, uh, it's still a, a death pit. Now, Adam Gase is gone, thank goodness. But w- when you look at overall, like, think about this. Pat Mahomes coming out. You're Patrick Mahomes, Huss, okay? Your guy. When he came out, and it, there you go, <laughs> MVP. When he came out, he was, um, it was air raid. It was, okay, is he going to be able to make the conversion? And he had a gem of a human, Alex Smith, who selflessly really trained him to take his job and he sat for a year. Now, if Pat Mahomes goes to a whole bunch of different situations and he has to be thrown in right away, does he have the same success? I don't know. Josh Allen, if he went to somewhere like Arizona, like Josh Rosen did instead of Buffalo, which was in a stable situation and he was able to grow over three years, does he have the same success that he is now? I don't know. So it really depends on landing spot um, for, for Lance and Wilson. And for those guys, I just hope it's a case where you have a situation where at least for a little bit of the year, you're not necessarily rushed in. But Huss, like we've seen, heck, Justin Herbert, I got his rookie card right here. Hey, look at that guy. Boom, Ooh, right there. Look at that. That's, okay. a, beauty, that that's a beauty, Andy. That a beauty? Oof, I love that guy. <laughs> Come on, Herbert. I'm, I need him to do well. Um, now you're a big Charger guy all of a sudden because you invested, right invested in Herbert, fu- invested. Herbert futures. But, but you know what? When, when he was coming out last year, I looked at Herbert, his tape out of the combine. I'm like, ah, you he really telegraphs. He, he he really waits. He hesitates. All it took was a, a punctured lung for poor Tyrod Taylor. Dude gets in, wins rookie of the year. 
So it really depends on the situation. The, the Herbert, I mean, that game was against the Chiefs, game two of the season. I, I remember. Yeah. And, I mean, he literally found out he was starting about 30 seconds before he had to run on yes. the field. And he tells the story that, you know, in some ways, maybe it was good. He didn't have the chance to spend the entire day being nervous or mm-hmm. thinking about it. He went in and, like, he he went into the first offensive huddle and Hunter Henry said, what the hell are you doing here? Like, the players, <laughs> they did not even know. And, listen, the Herbert story has been absolutely incredible. I mean, yeah. what he did. And I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. It was really unfortunate to see me him too. get injured the way he did. Tua, to me, is the most fascinating. And maybe the Dolphins in general, especially after these trades made today, the most fascinating. Now, we should mention, after Miami traded the third overall pick to the Niners, they ended up then making another deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um, getting a couple more picks, and the Eagles now are mo- moving. So he's like, they're they're the they're now Miami now in this draft has picks 12, 18, 36, 50, 81, and one hundred and two. Um, but again, it all goes back to Tua and what you think of his. I mean, a lot of hype, but you saw the way that they played him and what they trusted him to do and what they didn't trust him to do and a couple pretty miserable losses with the season on the line. Um, Are you in? Are you out? Are you reserving judgment on Tua going forward? And um, what will they do at quarterback? Well, and you don't have the closer, Ryan Fitzpatrick anymore, right? Who had to come in (laughs) and save save him. And uh, Huss, this is the interesting part with Miami Dolphins shaking up the whole first round, really controlling this thing is so they move down to 12 then they trade with the eagles and they go they jump back up to six so they went from three to 12 to six the eagles dropped to 12 multiple other first rounders floating all around in and out and so what that sort of says to me is if i'm the dolphins i'm thinking this all right you spent the capital on tour remember he was coming off of that serious hip injury wasn't fully healthy coming into camp. COVID year. Didn't get a full camp sat. You got to give the guy a year. Good thing is you have enough first round picks over not the next one, the next two drafts. That if you're not happy with them next year, you can go get your quarterback in 2022. Or you can even kick it down the road further and do it in 2023. So what I think happened was the Dolphins figured, all right, let's collect capital. We moved down to 12. Had a chance to move back up to six. And if they are targeting a, let's say, the top wide receiver, one of the top wide receivers. You can still get that guy at six and you just picked up a boatload more of picks. So that's where probably where I see. I, I see them probably going wide receiver unless there's a, um, a, a tackle. The, the pass rushers aren't, aren't as highly uh, thought of this year in the draft. So I would predict it's probably going to be their choice of the top wide receiver. And they felt they could still get that guy three spots lower and just sort of did some jumping around to get there. Yeah, so just if you're tuning in, here here's a wrap of these trades. The first trade was the Dolphins trading the number three pick that they got from Houston to the Niners in exchange for number 12, a first and a third round pick in 2022, and a first round pick in 2023. So yeah. they get two more picks. They move down nine spots. Then they traded the number 12 pick, <clears throat> number 123, and their 2022 first rounder to the Eagles for six and number 156. And, and it's interesting you mentioned receiver because when you think about the Miami Dolphins, um, you know, I think defensively they have so much talent, uh, you yeah. know, both from the secondary linebackers up front. They have all of this draft capital. The one thing that they really need to do to help Tua is, you know, to get an elite 
game-breaking playmaker at the wide receiver position. And um, I'm not sure whether it's Devonta Smith. I mean, he's, what, 170 pounds soaking wet right that now. There's some concern. But holy smokes, was he dynamic. And some other guys, it would be, I, you know, having this conversation with you right now in the aftermath of these trades, I would be shocked if they don't go to the wide receiver position with that uh, with that pick. Yeah, and the Will Fuller signing, don't be fooled by that. That does well, He'll be nothing. good for three games. He'll blow up for three. two games in fantasy. Yeah. He'll get you zero points for seven other games, and he'll miss the other half of the season. And that'll be it. So so don't, don't for people who say, oh, well, they got Fuller, it's a one-year deal. I mean, it, that is not going to stop them from taking a, a receiver. What you want to do, if you're the Dolphins, in my mind, is you want as much as possible this year to see if two is your guy because you got those extra assets, if he's not, to move on to a different quarterback option in the next draft. So give him some weapons, right? So you got Parker. Williams is going to be coming back at some point. Gesicki, if you can work him back in, he flashed a lot last year. Uh, And so if you can get a top young wide receiver. Now, interesting in this draft, that high-end guys are not big-body players, not like uh, a a Chase Claypool or DK Metcalf, most Justin Jefferson, guys who are you know in the 6'2 to 6'4 range and those really big bodies – um, and then and it, with speed. So you're getting guys more six feet and under who can still be very good, of course, but that's just a different type of body. So if I'm the Dolphins, I'm doing that. And if I'm an Eagles fan, I am relieved at this point because potentially that takes you out of making, a, in my mind, a stupid mistake in taking a quarterback that high. You don't need a quarterback right now. You need to fill around the team. How about you give him, how about you give poor Jalen Hurts some weapons? You host Carson Wentz. With Deshaun Jackson for two years, who did nothing. I told you he was done three years ago. Jeffrey, nothing. Get him weapons. Fix the offensive line. Fix the defense. Put everything around in the same mold, Hustler, as you want to find out if Tua, the Eagles can find out if Jalen Hurts is the guy this year, and if not, move on. But put some stuff around these guys and give them a shot so you know. Well, I mean, you could look back and, you know, Wentz is an interesting topic. Two years ago, Wentz throws for 4,000 yards and doesn't yeah. have a wide out go for 500. I don't think it had ever happened in NFL history. You know, right. it went to Zach Ertz quite a bit, but I mean, they literally had no consistent, you know, receivers. And, you know, he 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 made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken bleep, if you know what I'm saying, Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as far as Wentz goes, I, I will say this right now. I am all in on Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts... Um, listen, I understood why they went to Rivers and why they thought they might be able to squeeze another good year out of him. But to me, everything that happened in Philly was just it was there was a whole bunch of things conspiring to ruin that season and to take yeah. a guy that was at one point an MVP candidate and put him into, you know, on the bench. And I think that for the price that the Colts paid, they are getting a guy that comes in. He really does have everything that you want in a quarterback, the attitude. Um, you know, he seems to be a great teammate, a really good leader. And, of course, getting back together with Frank Reich, I think, is going to Huge. be a big, big for him personally, as well as the Colts. Um, thoughts on Wentz, the trade that was made, and what that does to the AFC So, I think immediately this puts the Colts in the situation to be contenders to get to the AFC Championship game. I'm bullish with you on Carson Wentz because there's no excuses. There's no excuses for Carson Wentz. Now, maybe he's sort of got the knock of being – you know, a little sensitive, maybe. Oh, I got I got Nick Foles behind me. I got Jay. Why'd you draft a quarterback? That's not a problem anymore. It's not a problem with the Colts. He's got his comfort zone. Last year, apparently in Philly, had 10 voices in his ears. It was a disaster. And why I'm bullish on a bounce back from Wentz is because his collapse was so drastic, it was clearly mental. 
it wasn't a skill diminished thing like with Phil Rivers where he was just he was just old. He was just pushing the ball, pushing the ball. It was a mental thing. Clearly, he still has the skill set. He still has the ability, and he's with a guy who truly 100% believes in him. T.Y. Hilton comes back on a one-year deal, which is nice. You got Pittman as a, as a, in his second year. Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack in the backfield. You got to love that. Not so much for fantasy. I want Taylor to be the head dog in fantasy. <laughs> That's kind of a bit of a killer, but you know uh, he, he still popped. So for Wentz, you got all the pieces around you. You have a better receiving core, which wouldn't take much, and a really good defense. So there's no excuses. If Wentz flops... That's on him right now. Well, not to mention, he's actually going to be playing against a pretty damn good offensive line, which I think is going to be massive, yeah. massive for him going forward. Well, Andy, I can't have you on rocking your Browns against the world <laughs> without getting a Cleveland update. We've got a few fans of the dog pound in the chat there right now. How, uh, well, what's the status of Cleveland going into this draft? Um, it's a bit of a different feeling. A playoff team, a big win over the Steelers. I mean, you're yeah. uh, I'm not you got to be feeling pretty good. I'm not used to this. I, like, like, Huss, I'm used to the Browns being the ones who are like, oh, are they going to trade up? Or are they going to trade their first overall pick or something? I'm sitting easy at 26. I'm relaxing, you know, poor little bourbon, just sip and enjoy this. I'm sitting back. I'm enjoying all this. Like you said, they, they, they slayed the dragon of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got over. Is Baker Mayfield the guy? Last half of the season sure looked like it. Week eight through two playoff games, 15 to two touchdown to interception ratio. Huge year for him because this is going to be the same. It's his first time since getting drafted in 2018 that he's going to have the same offense two years. That, that, that's, that's huge. So you have that. You have the offensive pieces. The, the thing was going into this year, how are you going to improve the defense? We get John Johnson the third at safety. And one of the best defenders in the NFL from one of the best pass defenses. You bring Ohio native Troy Hill with him who can play in the slot corner, nickel corner, pop outside if need be. So you got two excellent defenders from a top-ranked pass defense. Check. You needed that. Then you add Tack McKinley as an outside pass rusher to Miles Garrett. Now, he hasn't lived up to his first-round expectations, but a one-year deal, prove-it type of deal. I would still expect the Browns to draft a pass rusher. I think that's important to add some depth and rotation just in case. Um, You pick up a nice linebacker from – we were just talking about the Colts – from the Colts. And um, it's really a case where – They've put themselves in a position in free agency where they're not going to have to reach for any specific position. I think that's important and maybe underrated. Whereas if they didn't get one of them, you're like, well, I've got to take, got to take a pass rusher. You can, you can let the draft come to you and say, okay, who, who's the best guy right now? And that's what the good teams do, right? You take the best player available, usually on defense and prop it up. And the Browns can do that with old Ben Roethlisberger ready for the glue factory I'm not convinced Lamar Jackson's arm as a true pass catcher and Joe Burrow's coming back from Cincinnati from injury. I think everything health, if health can stick lining up again, we talk about no excuses for Carson Wentz, no excuses for the Browns not to be right at the top of that AFC North. Oh, Andy, man, this has been so much fun having <laughs> you on the program. We've got the draft coming up next month. And yeah. um, then, you know, we can literally be talking NFL every day. It's the oh. one, it, the, the news cycle for the National Football League never stops. But it, it really smiled upon us today with these trades and uh, getting us ready for what should be a really fun month. 
Oh, it, it really should. And and you know what, Huss, that means like fantasy football is going to be coming back soon. We're going to have like the DraftKings DFS contest, right? The pool's coming back and all that. But by the way, before we go, like the your March Madness bracket is yours. Like mine got busted up immediately. It's it's horrible, dude. I took and Disgusting. again, I I straight up threw darts. I watched I, zero. I, I yeah. knew nothing, but I took Purdue to win the whole thing. They Ooh. lost in the first round to number thirteen North Texas, so that yeah. was quite an ominous start. I did take Sister Jean and uh, Loyola to go to the Final Four, so they're still alive right okay. now. That was good, but I think when I last checked, I was like better than 9% of brackets, so um, <laughs> maybe my worst performance ever in March Madness, and not surprising because I had no clue. Well, me, me too. I, I got Gonzaga to go the whole way based on that they were a one seed, you know, and I got to say that what I liked is if you guys want a second chance bracket, they got it up on the DraftKings playbook right now. So if you if you go to the sports if you go to the sports book it's a free a play pool so you can have your second chance brackets so you're like yeah I didn't know what I was talking about the first time this time I know so you can jump <laughs> into that too and, and the daily like DFS contest stuff for different games uh, with DraftKings too for March Madness is pretty cool so I kind of like that I'm with you though I'm not like deep diving in to these schools there's only so much time in the day right. Uh, Andy, this has been so much fun. The first of hopefully many regular yes. visits to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Yeah, fill people in again as to where they can get, get at you on uh, social media as well as when they can hear you on Sportsnet Radio. For sure. At AndyMC81 on Twitter. That's why I do most of the work there on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. If you want to see me try to fiddle with technology and, and look stupid, TikTok the same. I don't know. Don't, don't even bother. But you, you can if you want. Uh, I'm joining TikTok <laughs> just to follow your TikTok. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then and then every Sunday morning, the fantasy show, we're going to do a mock fantasy baseball draft actually this Sunday. So if you're in baseball pools, um, jump in on that 8 a.m. Eastern time. And we podcast it all up on sportsnet.ca. But Huss, I have been so thrilled to be back on with you, man. I've missed you, miss being on with you. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. We'll do it again very, very soon, Andy Mack. You have a great weekend, and thanks for doing this. You too, buddy. Talk to you soon. There he is, my guy. Nobody brings the heat, the energy, like my guy, Andy McNamara. It was, um, as I said, we've been, uh, it sucked. We've had all our best chats offline, so great to have him come in on the program and uh, join us uh, for what has been just an amazing week here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's get Remus back in here. we got to get to some cool bet lines uh, I know he's been, uh, you know, I've been kind of paying attention to Westy and uh, Andy for the last little bit, but the chat sure has been popping. A lot of people out. Can't thank everyone enough for coming in and uh, interacting with each other. The community continues to grow, Michael. Yeah, has, the chat has been uh, awesome. I, I wrote in the chat, I'm like, hey, guys, you know the Jets are slight underdogs tonight, and pe- a lot of people throwing their money on the table, uh, ready to get on in the Jets. We want to give a special shout-out to Darcy Cullen with the Super Chat. Uh, 20 bucks says so glad you guys are back and thank you so much for doing this hashtag support local so a big shout out uh, to Darcy Cullen very nice uh, very very generous of you I'm still uh, learning as to how all this works but um, it is you know that is and you know what listen while while we're talking about this and thanking folks um, we got a post yesterday on our Facebook page Reem that um, you know, I mean, I'm always telling you, I mean, we're doing this because we've had incredible support and faith in what we were planning on doing from not Autocorp, Nick and Nikki at DQ, Royal Sports, uh, Boston Pizza, um, as well as Cool Bet and Breezy Bend. Um, and, you know, we've heard a lot from our listeners uh, about wanting to support the sponsors because they know how important it is um, for making us make this work. And um, what was it, Chris Kaufman yesterday, Reem, that uh, posted on our Facebook page that uh, he went by and saw the gang at DQ? 
Yeah, there it is. It's on a screen right now. Sorry for everyone on the podcast. Uh, Chris Coffin posting on our Facebook page. Uh, I'm getting uh, St. Anne's DQ. I put my order in and told them I was here because of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And I re- replied to him, uh, that's awesome. Like, So thank you so much for your support and supporting uh, Dairy Queen at the what the St. Anne's location. Not just ice cream husks, right? They have, they well, have the burgers now. They did. I always thought that that was the ice cream only, but they have it. And Nick actually did fill me in that the burgers there might be the best of all of them because they've got a special old school griddle that they use. So um, anyways, I'm looking forward to uh, testing it out for myself. I've been doing a lot of ice cream lately, but uh, always time for uh, for a grill burger over at DQ. So anyways, Chris, thanks so much. And hey, folks, any feedback, if you are popping by, you know, our friends at Royal Sports or Boston Pizza, um, let them know. You appreciate them supporting us because we certainly do, and it helps us make it all happen. All right. Speaking of those Winnipeg Jets and those odds, let's get to it. Our daily lines for Cool Bet Canada. Uh, we've got only got five ga- or four games in the league tonight, Reem. A little bit slow of a busy, busy schedule tomorrow. But the game that we're all interested in is, of course, the Jets and the Calgary Flames. Give us your predictions, folks, in the comments. I've seen a few of them. What does everyone think about this game tonight? And do they think that the Jets will once again be winners as a plus-money underdog, plus 105 for the Winnipeg Jets and Calgary? Coming back home off those two losses to the Ottawa Senators, Minus 125 favorite against the Winnipeg Jets. This has sort of been the story all year long, Reem, and that's why if you've been back at the Jets all season long, you've been doing pretty well. I can't do it, man. Uh, I'm going in on the Jets. Uh, I said this last game. You know, it seemed like, how could Calgary lose two in a row to Ottawa? They got to show up. I mean, you got to be pissed <laughs> off after losing to Ottawa, right? They, they got the new coach. They're all fired up, but uh, game two... Uh, where they blow the third period lead. Uh, Calgary's been so inconsistent. As I said, I've taken Gaudreau Monaghan so many times on Daily Fantasy. Oh, these guys are so cheap. How could I not play them? I'm done. They're off the list. I'm They're never suspended. They're on the uh, suspe- They're on your suspended list. And honestly, I looked at their price tonight. I was like, man, the Jets give up a lot of shots. I could maybe be talked into these guys. But no, I am. I'm absolutely, absolutely uh, not doing it. Oh, man. Other games tonight in the league. Washington, a pretty big favorite at home against New Jersey. Minus 233 for the Caps, plus 192 for Jersey. Um, St. Louis coming off that 2 nothing loss to the Wild last night. Back at home, minus 200 favorites over the Anaheim Ducks, who have just been horrible lately. Ducks paying plus 165. And pretty much a straight pick em between the Coyotes and the Sharks. Arizona, minus 108. San Jose, minus 110. So only four games tonight, but... We certainly do have uh, a big, big slate tomorrow. And it's interesting, Reem, I just pulled up. If you want to go uh, look at the futures right now, they've got the Stanley Cup winner up. Who do you think the Stanley Cup favorite is right now? Oh, man. Colorado? They're number two at plus 625. Who's better than Colorado? Um, like it's not Vegas. No, they're plus 850. Not the Leafs. It's the Leafs. No, the Leafs not. right now are plus 550. They are, what, two points up on the Jets in the standings? Leafs are the uh-huh. Stanley Cup favorite right now at plus 550. Not a lot of value there. And there are the Winnipeg Jets, who about just a couple weeks ago were 39-1. to Jets still 29-1 to to win the Stanley Cup, uh, down from down from 39, but still, um, you know, like Edmonton, where's Edmonton? Edmonton's 24. The love for the Leafs is real. Um, stinks if you want to bet on them because there's not a lot of value right now, but um, 
Anyways, the Jets continue to get overlooked, and they'll continue to make people very happy when they back them if they get a big win tonight. I, th- this um, <laughs> this series overall, um, and this game tonight, I think will tell us a lot. But I mean, as I said off the start of the show, for people that are popping in a little bit later, this really is. I mean, to use a Mortal Combat term, this is an opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets to finish them. Man, wait! I just can't get believe the Leafs are the favorite. That's just because <laughs> plus five fifty. That's just because all these Leaf fans are betting on the Leafs. It's like <laughs> the Cowboys get all these inflated that or inflated odds. That's that's insane. Uh, that the uh, Leafs, as Jeff Cabilla said, Leafs need to get to the second round first, then we'll start talking about cup odds. I don't think. And before we talk about tonight, we didn't even talk about yesterday. The rest of the Leafs up against Ottawa couldn't even beat Ottawa in regulation. Took it to overtime. And we do have to give a shout-out to, who was it, Anton Forsberg, former Jets goalie. Former Jet uh, great. For, yeah, former Jet legend Anton Forsberg, 38 saves. And uh, he's bounced from team to team. Maybe someone should have given him a shot at some point. So that's going to be a tough year for him, uh, quarantining, bouncing from team to team all year. He's been on uh, Edmonton, Carolina, Winnipeg, now Ottawa. 38 saves and an overtime loss uh, for... Ottawa. I know all the Leafs fans on Twitter were like, how could we not beat Ottawa here? We're rested. We should be good to go. Well, uh, you know, it's always tough when you come off a bunch of rest stream. You know, that's the, uh, yeah. you know, the first game after rest. That's, sometimes it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. well, it was last night for the Leafs. And Ottawa's playing their asses off right now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no easy wins over Ottawa. Just ask the Calgary Flames. Uh, uh, lo- lots of funny, <laughs> lots of great comments on this. Smoke speed run corner. They literally just print money from Leafs fans. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to win big money betting against them in the first round then. Leafs, that's crazy. Um, the Godfather, Mitch, at Winnipeg Hockey Talk. What's Tampa? Tampa is the third favorite. It's the Leafs plus 550, Avs plus 625, Tampa plus 650, and then Vegas at plus 850. Interesting, the next tier, it's a bit of a bit of a break, but 13 to 1, Washington and the Carolina Hurricanes, who uh, like are going to be a tough out in that division against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I really like Carolina. They had a really strong team last year. I think they had a bit of a goaltending uh, issue. I think they still have a goaltending issue. We'll see. Maybe they do something at the deadline. Uh, maybe they bring back someone. Uh, we were talking in chat. Uh, Frank Saravalli did tweet out that the Habs have kicked the tires on Eric Stahl from Buffalo. Uh, that could be one of many players being <laughs> traded from the Sabres. Nothing finalized, though, there. Okay, so Buffalo loses again last night. They're 16th straight. Kevin Adams had to coach because the coaches were in COVID protocol. So the GM got a front row seat for how much his team stinks. And then Taylor Hall was interviewed afterwards. um, And, you know, it was the same old thing, you know, how tough of this loss is. I'm sure he's quite used to it by now. Uh, But then they asked him, they said, Taylor, you know, if... uh, you know, if there was an offer of, uh, you know, maybe the potential to be moved at the deadline, would you? And, like, the question wasn't even finished. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it was just a great sound bite, man. I mean, what a miserable, miserable situation. We talked a lot about Buffalo uh, this week. And um, I can tell you on tonight's lock shop, there may be a bet going against the Buffalo Sabres again as they take on the uh, on the Boston Bruins. Um, this has been great. Again, Coolbet Canada on Twitter. Uh, coolbet.com is the site. 
Uh, and you can check our Sports Talk Winnipeg Twitter. I tweet out some of the lines after every show, along with the link if you want to play there. So uh, check that out uh, going forward. Remo, what's up for the weekend other than uh, just a whole bunch of Jets Flames action? Uh, yeah, Jets Flames. I got a fantasy baseball draft on tomorrow at noon. So I'm going to be getting prepared for that. I did just Ooh. pick up, also picked up MLB The Show 20 on PS4. Uh, it's on sale for seven bucks. So Whoa. the new the new one hashtag comes, Remus approved deal right yeah, that's there. A, yeah, the new one comes out next month. So they figured, hey, you got a month left of uh, last year's game to get ready for you know the new one. So uh, maybe I'll try that. I, I like their uh, with their ultimate team mode, Diamond Dynasty. I'll check it out. So baseball, well, and y- I'm in baseball mode. If you can't tell. Well, and I'll tell you what, um, I know you've been doing a lot of great streaming on the Twitch, popped in there last night, saw a few of the folks that actually are supporting the show out watching uh, watching you and the boys get at it, the Hey Now Hockey Club, love the hot dog on the front of the jerseys, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we've got the, uh, you know, those folks popping in, and we have often talked about doing some sort of a stream together, but being an Xbox guy, a PlayStation guy, it hasn't worked, but the new baseball game is going to be cross-platform. So um, we're going to have PlayStation, we're going to have Xbox getting into the ring, and uh, I can't wait. I haven't played a good baseball game for a long time. I watch a bunch of the streamers watching MLB The Show, so I cannot wait to get on it when uh, when the new game is released, and that should be fun. We might even be able to do it right here on the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel some night. I think we can do it here. Maybe we can get some special guests on to call the game or, or something or participate. But We'll get a line of- at Cool Bet. We'll get a line at Cool Bet, and if people want to yeah. wager on the game, you'll probably be a big favorite. I have a feeling. Well, I haven't played MLB uh, in a couple years, so uh, I'll I'll probably uh, take it for a spin this weekend. But yeah, a lot of fun stuff planned here at Winnipeg Sports Talk, so we are looking forward to that. Well, a big big shout-out in the chat, not only to the legendary caller number one himself, Gregory Liverpool. What up, G? But uh, he has just said... Greg's dad likes the show. First time viewer. I don't have a bell to ring, but uh, great to have Mr. Liverpool joining us and everyone else that's a first time viewer. If you are coming in for the first time joining us on YouTube, make sure to click the link and subscribe to the channel. We'll, um, we're we going to be having a lot of fun. We're three weeks down. We're just growing from here. Um, but the more the merrier and we appreciate everyone coming on and we continue to kind of grow each and every day with those first time viewers. So hopefully it won't be the last for Mr. Liverpool. We know his son Gregory uh, is been down with us since day one, Reem. Yeah, we don't have a bell. We do have a goal horn, though, here. Oh. I can fire this thing off, right? <laughs> there we go. There we go. It's a limited edition uh, with Jets whiteout one, so uh, pretty cool. All right. Okay, listen, we got to get these pods up, and uh, I'll be doing the lock shop shortly. You can check that out tonight on uh, Twitter. We'll be making a bunch of picks. The wide world of wagering as well with some... Uh, Australian rules football, uh, maybe an F1 pick as well for this weekend. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can check out my Twitter tweet, Twitter feed at HustleRama. We'll tweet that out tonight. And, of course, uh, it'll be all done with my pal Dustin Nielsen from TSN in Edmonton. So that'll be up a little bit later on tonight. Um, hey, just on the way, I know we're going to be starting everything with Breezy Bend next week as we get into golf season. And we'll be doing a lot of things with Breezy, but they'll be sponsoring all of our golf um, our golf chat Great news. Um, I'm just looking at the up-to-date scoring at the Dell match play. Mackenzie Hughes, 2-0, and is 1-up through 14 on Taylor Gooch. He will move on to the round of 16 if he can hold on and win that matchup. Um, a number of other matches that are still 
on the board right now with a lot left to be up for grabs. So later on tonight, we will know what those matchups are. I'll probably talk about them on the lock shop. But again, you can get all those odds at coolbet.com. Remo, another great week. And, you know, in addition to thanking everyone that's been supporting us here in the chat, listening on the podcast, rating and reviewing, subscribing, all that stuff, a big thanks to Jim Toth, Rick Ralph, Kevin O, Brandon, and Troy today, our old pals from TSN 1290. This was a, a special and a really fun week, and um, hopefully we'll be doing a lot more with some of the old 1290 guys as we continue on the uh, ride here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, super fun. Uh, it was great talking uh, to some of our old friends, and uh, you know we hope to do more with them. And I know a lot of people in chat, a lot of people on Twitter love seeing uh, Kevin O, Westy, uh, Ruwicki, Rick uh, as well. And uh, did, I miss, did I miss anyone? Uh, no, we got the three guys from the big show, Kevin and Rick. Five yeah, guys, five days. Good. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get bombing. Munzee will get on as soon as well. I mean, uh, you know, and hopefully have some of the guys back. Um, oh, Hockey Card Talk. Ask Hustler about who he got in yesterday's break. Yes, I did do a break uh, of the new Upper Deck Series 2 with the guys over at Superstars. And uh, I was quite disappointed. The team that I got on the random was Detroit, who is terrible. I mean, there's not really even any guys that you'd really want. Apparently, there's a rookie, a young gun named Matthias Brom. He's got one goal in 24 games. He's from (laughs) Sweden. I got two of his young gun cards. I think I got like an Anthony Mantha Dazzler and... That's, I don't know, that's, some that's a dead break for you. That's a dead it, break. It, was, it wasn't good. The guy that got Minnesota, though, got two Kaprasov young gun rookies. The Ottawa guy got Stutzel. There was some, uh, this is a really nice set. From, from people that are really into hockey cards, there's a lot of excitement about this one. And uh, uh, they're all right now. So if you want to get on, pick up a hobby box on the weekend and uh, join the crack pack. Um, Remo, that's great. Great show. Great week. Awesome work. Thanks to everyone that's been with us. Uh, Pop Bug, hit the BP on the weekend or uh, maybe DQ. Popeye Royal Sports, jump on a bike, check out that video that I did do today. We're uh, really getting into the influencer game here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Remo, great stuff. Have an awesome weekend, and we'll look forward to get right back at it next week on Monday, 1 o'clock here uh, live on YouTube, and of course in the podcast feed later on in the afternoon. Yeah, this has been awesome. I can't wait to get at it. And we do have a breaking news trade before we go off the air 25 seconds oh, ago. Oh, we have a trade to announce? We have a, tra- we have a trade to announce. <laughs> Gonna want to hear this. Frank Saravalli tweets, he's got the check mark. This is a real account. Make sure make sure you're checking out there if uh, you don't want anyone <laughs> don't to get, get duped. Fooled. But he says, done deal. Habs trade 2021 third and a fifth round pick for Eric Stahl. Gives him some nice, nice depth. They give up some futures. I like the trade for, uh, for Montreal. Why not? Eric Stahl has been emancipated from Buffalo yeah. <laughs> and traded to the Montreal Canadiens. Great way to finish the program, folks. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy these Jets games on Friday and Saturday. We'll be back on Monday to talk about it and set up the third matchup before the Jets come back home. Everyone, thanks so much for your support. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday afternoon back here. You know where we're at. Winnipeg Sports Talk, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, and on your socials at Sports Talk WPG. Have a great weekend. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 